0: What a promise that is. That you will keep him in perfect peace. Think about that. What's perfect peace mean to you? What does perfect peace mean? And you know. That's the thing with the Lord. Is that because there's so much hysteria. So much atmosphere of panic and stress and fear and all kinds of tension going on culturally around us in the environment coming off the tv coming off the phones coming you know attacking your your children or your family members especially the ones who don't have the word in them i'll tell you you know because that's where and that's why it's so important not to forget you know, will you say that with me? I won't forget. I won't forget. <laughs> Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, help me not to forget. Help me not to forget. Amen. Amen. Now, the thing I wanted to talk about today, actually, funny enough, was forgetting. <laughs> um, but let's, let's, uh, we have to forget some things, but there's other things we, we must not forget. And uh, really, I would say that. Just don't forget that what God is calling you to, he's, it's not difficult, but it is going to cost you. It's going to cost you your time. He's calling you into prayer. He's calling you into relationship with him, to make time for him and to really press in to hear what he's saying. Um, in Matthew chapter 12, this is just such an amazing chapter, the whole thing, but um, let's see how we, we get on with it here. Uh, okay, so the Pharisees and all these guys were watching out for Jesus to try and catch him at any time. Um, and uh, one of the things they were telling him was they, they started judging his disciples. And you will find that, that you know, as a, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, there are going to be uh, people who are going to be, you know, trying to judge you and trying to criticize and um, trying to uh, just call you out. And that's what was going on at the start of that chapter. They were calling out the, the disciples Because some of them were hungry, they picked a few grains of uh, corn in the field, and the Pharisees were there following on as well. You know, and that's how the enemy operates. He comes around after you like a smell, you know, constantly watching everything you're doing, ready and waiting to pounce and jump on you. And that's also how you know when something is going on, whether it's coming from God or whether it's coming from the enemy. Because if there's accusation, and, and and chastisement involved. That is the enemy. If it's conviction about something, it's the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We come to the blood of Jesus, we repent, and it's washed and cleansed. But with the enemy it's like a constant harassment of, you know, look what you're doing, look at this, look at that. Who who do you think you are? You know, that's the enemy. But anyway Jesus was talking about them and he was saying, listen, there's, if you knew who was here in your midst, uh, who is greater, who is the Lord of the Sabbath and who is greater than the Sabbath, he's, he is, you know, it says there in verse eight, for the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. This is Matthew 12. And then Jesus went to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand The Pharisees asked Jesus, does this law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? You see, they were so angry with him. They they were so offended with him because of the fruit of Jesus's ministry. The fruit of his ministry was that people were being healed, that their lives were being transformed and that there was change. And they could not hack that, you know? And so that pharisaical religious spirit... uh, did not want to see people healed or set free. Here was this man in the synagogue. He was in the church, and his hand was withered and deformed. And Jesus, uh, and he answered in verse 11, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on a Sabbath, wouldn't you work uh, to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good deeds on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. What a miracle. And then the Pharisees, what did they do? Did they jump around the place and say, hallelujah, praise God, look at God's power is working. No, they didn't. They turned around and they started plotting how to kill Jesus. And you know, that's the spirit of Satan is a murdering spirit. And, you know, uh, he uses people to murder, to physically murder people, uh, but he also uses people to murder with their tongues and with their mouths and in their hearts. And that's why Jesus went on to say later on, he said, you know, if you uh, if you kill somebody, you know, the law says do not murder. But I tell you, if you hate somebody in your heart. That's the same as murder. You've committed murder in your heart and spiritually you're a murderer. And so this is why, you know, the difference, I suppose. And and we are seeing right now, we are seeing pouring out the spirit of God and you will see in the coming days, weeks and months and years, you will see a very marked difference between those who serve the Lord and those who do not. And the way you'll see it is by their fruit. Anyway, let's keep going. This is one of my favorite portions of, about Jesus. It's coming from Isaiah 42. And uh, um, Jesus knew what they were planning in verse that, 15. So he left that area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them. But he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved, in whom I delight, or who pleases me. Do you know that because of Jesus Christ living inside of you, that we have now become a new creation? Will you say that? I'm a new creation. creation. Because of Jesus Jesus. Jesus. living inside of me. me. Because I've accepted accepted. Jesus as my Lord. And you know, God was saying here, this is my servant whom I've chosen. This was prophesied by Isaiah five to seven hundred years, I'm not sure, before Jesus was born. This is my chosen, chosen servant with a capital S, whom I've chosen. He's my beloved, a capital B, in whom I delight. But you know, because of that, because of Jesus living inside of us, God delights in you. He delights in you. You are his chosen and he loves you. You're his beloved and you please him you say that with me God delights in me God is not against me me. he delights in me me. me. yeah that was about as much now I'd say there was about as much passion in that as let's see We'll, we'll try it again Oh God, oh, God, God, please help me, please help me to, understand to understand that I please you that I please because, you. Jesus, lives because of me. Jesus lives inside of me and that you delight in me. And that you delight in, me. in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. So anyway, he goes on to say here, I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. You know, Jesus, God is the God of justice. And praise God that we didn't get the justice we deserved because we have received forgiveness for our sins. But there is justice due. And justice for the things that the enemy has done because God is the one who avenges for us. And he is the one who fights our enemies. And so we are to ask God for justice. You know, to ask, him for, we're to ask him for mercy for our sins, but we are to ask him for justice for those things. That's why he said, I will restore to you the years the locusts have stolen. And this is very important. You know, there's, been, there's families that are living under such curse, generation after generation after generation. And they have never received justice for the things and the wrongs that were done to them and God is, you know, he wants to bring, th- to make things right in every area, and that's what we're seeing right now, is that the, 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 as the knowledge of the glory of God is, is spread right across this earth, what we're going to see is breakthrough and justice, and that's why, you know, I'm really excited about next Saturday, because I believe that as we target uh, specifically in prayer, praying for our adult children, and praying over their destinies, uh, you know, we are going to, you know, you're, you're releasing a blessing generationally. upon Even upon our spiritual children, those people that we minister to, friends, family, relations, neighbors, you know, our communities, all of these places where we've been praying over, they are spiritual children. And God wants to release a blessing because for so long, it's been curse after curse after curse generationally of people not knowing the Lord. Amen. So he is a God of justice. And it says, um, he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed. He will not, you know, he will not bruise, it says in in the other version. The weakest reed. You know, think about reeds. And and when animals or, or people walk through reeds, they snap, don't they? You know you often see them down by the lake shore and and they they snap so easily um, and yet jesus he 's so gentle he 's so loving he 's so kind, he would not even crush even the weakest reed that 's only barely hanging on, and that 's symbolic for you know people 's lives for people who are who are barely hanging on, and people may give off. Impressions of, of knowing it all or having it all or doing it all, and you know it's all only a show if they don't know Jesus. It's a show, and people will show you what they want you to see. That's the other side of it, you know. And and you will have times where you will be in, in places, um, and you know, it's so important to allow the Spirit of God to minister through you, read the room. Listen to what's being said. Listen to what's not being said. And that is, you know, last week we studied that, how God gives us a word in season for them who are weary. And there are times where, where you know, spiritually you're the only one inside that place who's bringing light into very much darkness. And, and see, oftentimes what, what happens is, is that we get annoyed with the darkness and we say, you know what, they can all go to hell and, you know, move away and just let them at it. But the thing is, is that you're the one who's bringing the fragrance. Are you bringing a sweet smelling fragrance uh, of the presence of God and of His beauty? And, and it is frustrating and it is exhausting. I'll tell you that, you know, the Christian life is not easy. It's It's exhausting at times, but the thing is, is our strength comes from God. And simply by being in his presence and reading his word, you can be flattened and flat to the mat, you know, just exhausted and not able for anything. And suddenly the Lord will speak to you or he'll speak a word and, and it will like just rejuvenate you. That's the power of the word of God and the presence of God. And, uh, you know, Jesus, he, does, he will not crush the, or bruise the, the weakest reed, or put out a flickering candle. And finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. He will cause justice uh, through to, to victory. And his name will be the hope of all the world. You see, our hope rests upon the name of Jesus. Um, God has, you know, it says in, in, I'm not sure, is that Colossians or Philippines, when, when nothing else could be found by which God could swear by, he swore by his own name. He, you know, he... his own name is good for it and and this is the thing you know he is the name above all names we're going to read that soon but anyway then a demon possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus and I believe this spiritually represents um you know so many people who are being oppressed by demons and they have been muted and they have been blinded and uh He was brought to Jesus, and Jesus healed the man so that he both spoke and saw, so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, could this be Jesus, that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But here they come again, when the Pharisees, and you see, that's the thing, the opposition will never be far away. In fact, they'll be standing right by you. That's the truth, you know? When the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Imagine that. Will not stand. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting amongst himself. And this is what Jesus was trying to show them. Satan isn't stupid. He's not going to operate against himself because he knows the biblical principles, even if you don't know. And, you know, that's the thing, is that there are nations, there are governments, there are organizations, there are churches that have no clue of this. There are marriages, there are families... Uh, they have no, not one iota of this that anyone any, any kingdom divided cannot stand any family any church, any organisation any company that is divided against itself, it cannot stand it will fall apart and something has to be done by somebody in order to uh, you know, to bring uh, peace there And it's either the removal or the reconciliation. It's one or the other. You know? And uh, Jesus said, if I am empowered by Satan, in verse 27, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you said. But, he said, if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. And what he's saying to them is, you haven't even discerned it. You haven't even read the room. You haven't even um, sensed the presence of God amongst you because you're so caught up in darkness, you can't even see the light. And um, he said, for who is powerful enough to enter into the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who can tie him up and then plunder his house. And you see, we have to be, and this is what Jesus was, was trying to explain to them, you need to be, um, he said in one place, as cunning and as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. And the only way you can do that is by the power of the Spirit of God. And um, in Zechariah it says, not by might, Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the spirit of God who downloads and gives us direction. It's the spirit of God who uh, shows us and and, uh, reveals to us the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, the the finished work of Calvary through the blood of Jesus, healing and restoration, uh, transformation that's available there for people to receive but you see the enemy opposes it and oftentimes the enemy is operating through ourselves you know our thinking our mindsets that's why he says you know you need to be washed and clean by the word that i speak to you and and the, there are issues and areas where we need to really have a a, a good deep clean we're all going to be taking down christmas decorations and oh it's it's wonderful isn't it first the house looks totally bare but then you give it such a great cleaning and it just feels so free or something and clutter free and it's a wonderful sensation well you know that's what the lord does to us is is as we abide in his word as we spend time in prayer as we are led by his spirit and say what is it that you want me to do here jesus what's on your heart today what's your plan? And, and he will take you maybe a very different way from, and, and give you a very different viewpoint from the mindset you had already. Um, so he said, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. He said, is actually um, causing uh, a scattering. And uh, he goes on in verse 33, just for time's sake here. Um, first, oh yeah, well, I guess I can't wash over that, you know, he's talking here about the, the sin, every sin can be forgiven, except for blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And what he was saying there was, what these people were doing, when, when they saw the people being healed, they turned around and they said, he's doing this by demonic power. They were denying the Holy Spirit. And, and many people are frightened, many Christians particularly, about the unforgivable sin. And they think I've committed the unforgivable sin. You know baloney who do you think is telling you that the devil so he is uh what jesus was saying is that blasphemy against the holy spirit is what cannot be forgiven and what that is and any believer in jesus will never do that because you cannot deny the power of god you cannot deny uh the presence of god and and you know, his, his love and, and his power and seeing people transformed. And when people do that and, and, and equate it or, or give the glory of what has happened to something or someone else. And this is, you know, it's very much linked with pride and putting man up in a pedestal. And putting man, you know, saying that it was a man who did it. You know. Um, anyway, praise God. Keep going. 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good its fruit will be good if a tree is bad its fruit will be bad you brood of snakes how could evil men like you speak what is good and right for whatever is in your heart determines what you say out of the abundance of your heart your mouth will speak that's why we have to watch what are what is coming out of our mouths what are we speaking you know and sometimes we think we're great people altogether <laughs> I'm just a fantastic Christian. And, you know, and then we're not even listening to some of our conversations or some of the negative things that are coming out of our mouths because out of the abundance of the heart, what's in you in abundance will come out through your mouth. And so, you know, this is to our, about ourselves and about other people and about the future or whatever. So you, you've got to watch, you know, what you're saying. Um, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, that you must give an account on judgment day for every idle, empty word you have spoken. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And so, you know, our words are linked with our, our outcome. And praise God for the blood of Jesus because we all need this. To be able to say, Oh Lord Jesus, and let's say it together, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus forgive, me forgive me for all of the idle words, the, the, idle words the empty words, the empty words that, I have that I have spoken over my own life, over, my own life, over, the, lives of others, over the lives of others, my children, my, children my, enemies, my enemies, and even the words that I have spoken against you and even the words that I have spoken against you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, ask to me I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. Amen. 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 And you know, then you've got to receive it. Yeah. That's the thing. And it's not that, you know, people will say then, oh yeah, it's easy for you to repent. But, like, you don't go out and habitually sin and say, it's okay, I can go to the blood after. That's not what forgiveness is. Because that's a mindset you have that's, that's rooted in rebellion. And look, I'll, I'll start it out with God afterwards. Uh, you know, almost like some kind of spiritual tab. You know, how much have I built up? Ooh, it's pretty high, I better repent. Okay, and then hit off out and start lining up your tab again. That's not what, what the Lord is calling us to. We, he calls us to a lifestyle of repentance and a lifestyle of mercy and, and uh, forgiveness. And the thing is, is, he says his mercies are new every day. And remember, the day starts at night because, as you know, the enemy and, and, and problems and tragedies and all kinds of things, they always seem to be going on at night, don't they? It seems to really increase at night. Uh, well, the day starts at night and the Lord says his mercies are new every day. And so you can enter into to knowing that uh, the Lord has, has given you a clean sheet through the blood of Jesus and you see, it's from that place of righteousness that we have authority. It's from that place of righteousness that we have peace. It's from that place of righteousness that we can receive healing and deliverance and breakthrough. So this is why it's so important to focus on righteousness and to focus on the fact that, that uh, we need to be bearing fruit, the fruit of righteousness. Amen. In, um, uh, let's see. For Philippines, how are we fixed for time? I think this could go on for weeks and weeks. You're chosen. God has chosen you. He's put you on this earth for such a time as this. How come you weren't born three hundred years ago? I'm glad I wasn't. Praise the Lord! I always say that when I flush the toilet. Thank you, God, for inside toilets, running water, showers. How blessed and privileged we are, you know? Praise the Lord. Um, I don't know where to start here, but I would encourage you to read the book of Philippians. It's only four chapters and read it. Uh, But let's see. In uh, verse 20, uh, sorry, chapter one, Philippians one, verse 20. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Do you know that that's what we're to live for? We're to live to bring honor to God, to bring honor to his name. I was just thinking about that day this morning. Why did he say the greatest commandment is to love one another? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. Why did he say that? It was the greatest commandment. Because as we, uh, you know, as we live to honor God, um, he, said, he went on to say, actually, Jesus went on to say, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. Imagine, there's a marker, For people to recognize that somebody is a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is why so many people have got turned off God. They've got turned off religion because what they've been seeing going on in churches, in institutions, uh, you know, um, they've seen such corruption, they've seen such, uh, you know, hypocritical behavior or, or, you know, speaking out both sides of their mouth. Uh, and Jesus himself called it out he said you 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 say one thing with your lips you know you 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 honor me with your lips but your hearts are far from me and he said may the people do what you tell them but not do what you do and uh, you know we are to honor God with our lives and in everything we do so for to me, in verse uh, 21, this is Philippians 1, 21, For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. This was Paul and he was saying, you know. and this is another thing, is that the fear of death, when you understand righteousness, the fear of death has no more power over you uh, because that's what Jesus came. He came in a human body to defeat Satan, to defeat death, and to defeat sin, and to defeat fear, and all of the other accoutrements that go on with the enemy's kingdom. He defeated every one of them, so that we could live free, and so that we could be blessed, and so that we could know that one day we will go home to be with the Lord, and not have any fear or worry about it. But so many people are being held in, in waterless dungeons, are being held captive and tied up by the fear of death, And this is what Paul was saying here, that my life is to honor Christ. Uh, And he goes on to say, if I live, um, living for me means living for Christ and dying is even better because I go home to be with him. But if I live, I can do more fruitful works for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. (laughs) It's beautiful by Paul. I don't know which is better. To really do good things for the Lord here on this earth or just go home to be with him and, and be with him forever. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. And you know that? This is something the enemy is trying to rampantly, um, he's, he's ramping up all over the earth, is getting people to want to give up Many people are having suicidal thoughts or even death wishes. wishes. They're making covenants with death. They're being told something by a doctor and they're receiving it immediately and making a pact with death. And, you know, the thing is, or people around them are making a pact with death, you know, wishing them would they ever be gone or whatever. You know, you are a blessing here on this earth. And so many people are living way far below where they should be. Uh, they're, not, they're not accomplishing anything for God. They're going around in the same circle because the enemy is bringing the same distractions and hysteria and chaos over and over and over again to them, whether it's at the hand of other people or at the hand of things going on at, at work. And, and he's tying up God's people who have been put on this earth. You have been chosen Say with me, I've been, I've been chosen by you God by, uh, to, do works. to do wonderful works. Yeah, I've been chosen. Amen. To yes. do wonderful works. I have yeah, I have. No. You'll have to try it again. I have been chosen, have have been chosen been by you, O God, by you, oh God to, do to do wonderful works. I am a wonderful person, I am I am a wonderful wonderful person. Called, called to do wonderful, to do wonderful, wonderful works. Wonderful works. I, have been I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Was Please wash out my thinking wash out my and, mind. and my mindsets where the enemy, where the enemy has, has trapped, has me, trapped me. me thinking, thinking. That I, am not worthy. that I am not worthy, or that I, am not that, that I am not wonderful, and that is the truth, that is what the devil has done, he has caught people up, and, and you know, almost like when you see on, on TV and movies and things, and somebody walks into that net, and the net starts off a spring, and they're taken up, and, and they're totally immobilized and paralyzed, people have been living paralyzed, immobilized lives, And and not being able to achieve anything because they do not understand that they are right with God, that he loves them, that he delights in them, that he has chosen them, and that he has put them on this earth to do a wonderful work for him. That is you. God has put you on this earth to do something wonderful that only you can accomplish. And you see, what has happened in the meantime is the enemy has stirred up stuff and brought stuff and and caused things to happen, mostly with other people, where, uh, you know, it's causing fires that you need to go and put out. Put out that fire there, oh my God, he's over here. Put out that fire here. What? What's happening? Oh, did you hear them? And, and all this is distracting people and it's vying for their attention and keeping them away from hearing by the Spirit of God what it is that God has planted them here on this earth for, in Jesus' name. For you've been here for such a time as this. And so Paul went on here and he exhorted the Philippians. This is such a book of exhortation, of, of, of really encouraging God's people. And he says... Um, In verse 27, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. So, you know, we are to live as a citizen of heaven. We are to live in another place that says that you're an ambassador from heaven. Now, the ambassador does not live in a, a, you know, uh, somewhere obscure. The ambassador lives in, they don't even call it a house. They call it a residence, OK, the ambassador's residence. And so, you know, for many of us, we need to stop looking at our lives as some kind of all bahan on the side of a hill and start looking at that we are a residence of the spirit of God himself. The majesty of the kingdom of God lives inside of us and he wants to pour that out everywhere we go. You have the spirit of excellence living inside of you. You know, I, I, I can't bear it when I see people and, and, and they, they don't, you know, work to the best of their ability in things. They just, you know, slap dash it. Uh, you know, that is not showing and, and, and demonstrating the excellence of God. And, and God is calling the church up higher to to the way we speak to people, the way we treat them, the way we, the way we operate, even the way we dress, uh, the way we look after ourselves. You know, uh, he, he wants you to live as a, a representative of him, to honor his name. Praise God. And so if you want a New Year's resolution, there's one. <laughs> Start conducting New yourself. Right? Mom used to say that when we were young. Conduct yourself. Oh, that was really bad if she told you that, to conduct yourself. It means you were in deep, deep, <laughs> bad trouble. You know. But we are to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And this is where joy comes from, you see. Because if we're conducting ourselves as an ambassador, do you think the ambassador is kind of saying, oh, uh, you know... Um, nothing is working out for me, I hate this place, you know, or whatever. The ambassador is treated like royalty. They're, they have people ministering to their needs. They are, are living in opulence. Uh, they are, are, you know, everywhere they go, there is, is reverence for the position that they hold. And the reason is, is because they carry themselves that way as well. They don't go into, you know, um, dinners and stuff like that, state dinners and places and go down inside here now out of the way they, they go in and they will carry the weight of the kingdom they're representing with them now that doesn't mean you go around haughty and puffed up I'm not talking about that but there is an acknowledgement of who is living inside of us and of what we carry and you see our behavior and our attitude and our thoughts and our words are all tied up in this Because the ambassador is not going to be going around and causing strife and hassle. Well, okay, fair enough. I know about the Russian fella. But anyway, (laughs) that time there in Ireland and we all wanted to go up and drive in the gates with the other guy. But um, the thing is, is that, you know, it's not a haughty spirit that you have but it is a spirit of of confidence in knowing who it is who loves you and that he delights in you and that he wants you to give him honor by representing him and going around and demonstrating the fruit and the power of his kingdom and his name and his Messiah. Amen? So, um, and it just goes on there, Paul is saying about wanting to see you or whatever. And uh, he says... Um, when I come to see you again or hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit. And this is so important for the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ worldwide. Listen, this is how the devil has really uh, divided, you know, because he has caused the church to fight with each other, to point the finger at each other, to hate each other, to to be offended at each other, to be spiteful to each other or, or, you know... um, critical of each other and it has totally uh, demoted the power of the kingdom of God to just nothing at all and that's why people aren't interested and that's why people are not you know why the younger generations they don't want anything to do with that because it's empty and so one purpose fighting together for the faith standing together with one spirit If the church could get hold of that, I'll tell you, this world would be turned around in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. The whole world would be different if the church, the body of Christ on this earth could get in tune and in sync with this and start doing what God has called us to do. There would be such a difference. Uh, fighting together for the faith which is the good news and verse um, 28 don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies by those who oppose you who are those who oppose you They are those uh, lying voices, the the, the things that the enemy is using, whether it's lying symptoms, lying voices, uh, lying fears, uh, lying brokenness or, or, or lack or something or whatever. Don't be intimidated by your enemy because he is trying to oppose you to stop you demonstrating the glory of God and the excellence of his kingdom. That's what he's doing. And he has succeeded in so, many, in so many people's lives. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. This is your enemies, but you are going to be saved even by God himself. And um, praise God, how we fixed for time. Okay, just to move on here. As I said, read the book of Philippians yourself and, and put it on, on you know, if you Google it um, and, and listen to it. And, and listen to it a good few times. Let the word of God sink in. That's how you grow in the word of God. By studying it. By spending time. And, and you know think about it. That's what the Lord told um, Joshua. This book of the law. Shall not depart out of your sight. You shall keep. You shall meditate on it. Ponder on it. And, and think about it. And then you will make your way. And have good success. Uh, you know, and so it's the power of of knowing the word of God, but um, in, uh, praise God, in verse, in chapter 2, there's there's things he's explaining there, um, but in verse uh, 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. But we say that together. Oh Father, oh, Father God, will you show me, will you show me what, pleases you what pleases you and give me the power to do it. To do in, to do it. in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. And that's a prayer. That's praying. It's praying according to the will of God. And he will answer that prayer, guaranteed. It says in 14, do everything. Is that 14? Yeah. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can <coughs> criticize you. This is so important. You know, I think that one of the aspects or attributes of the church, of the body of Christ worldwide, is that there are a bunch of moony gits, a lot of them, mm-hmm. honest to God. And that's calling it out as it is. Mumbling, grumbling. Uh, it's just human nature. It's what the Israelites did. In the wilderness, they mumbled, they grumbled, they complained constantly, even though they had seen the goodness of God and had seen his, his hand deliver them out of an impossible situation. You know, it was totally impossible that a whole nation would be set free from slavery in, at one time in one day. And yet they saw that happen and they still went back because it's not a bad reflection of the people. It's human nature. And so, how we change that nature is by spending time in the Word of God. And it stops us behaving and acting like that. And so, live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining. Say, shining. Shining. Turn around to your neighbor and say, You're shining. Shining. You are shining. You're shining. There's a glow off you. I can see it. You're You're shining. You're shining. Like a bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You see, that's the truth. You're living in a world. We are living in this world, but we are not from this world, okay? okay. You're not an alien, but you're not, you're not from this world. You're from a different kingdom, and you're living in a different jurisdiction. Right now, you are in this world, and it's a world full of darkness and oppression. And there's an awful lot of things going on. But the Lord wants you to live differently. And how you live differently is by knowing that his spirit is inside of you. And uh, that no matter what is going on, that the atmosphere can be different where you are. And it's something that we forget. We forget it. We do like it's human nature. We forget. And then suddenly it's like, boom, the Lord hits you with a word or you read something or you just get so depressed and down and you start crying out to him and he answers you and you say oh my god i forgot all about it lord you're so wonderful of course it's true you know and, and again it's human nature so um shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people hold firmly to the word of life and then on the day of christ's return Paul says, I would be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. You know, Paul is still saying that in heaven because we're still reading his word. We're still reading what he wrote from the spirit of God. And uh, someday we will meet Paul in heaven and we'll meet, you know, all of them. Isaiah, um, Ezekiel, Jonah, all of them. We will meet them. And we be able to say, my God, your words, you know, what you wrote that time, it pulled me through so many bad times. And it kept me going. Hold firmly to the word of life. The word of God is the word of life. And um, finally, just to go to chapter three. and In chapter three, he starts saying, look, they sort of spiritual pedigrees. I had the greatest spiritual pedigree of all. I ticked every box on the list. Every single one of them. I had it. Had it. Did it. Had it. Had it. Did it. Had it. And he said in verse um, 7. Chapter Philippians 3-7. I once thought those things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless. Because of what Christ has done. Christ is is the messiah that's who he is the anointed one in his anointing yes everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing christ jesus my lord imagine that no money no spiritual pedigree no um, status no education no uh, no nothing could make up or could compare, and we sang it there earlier when we sang, you know, there's nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name, Jesus. And he said, nothing compares to knowing Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. And that's, garbage is a really nice word they've put there for what Paul actually said, Uh, you know. Leave it up to your imagination. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Our faith and our trust in Jesus is the only thing that is the currency that we exchange with God. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. And I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, Paul was being completely honest here, or that I've already reached perfection, but, say but, but, I press on. I press on. Yeah, that's right. He pre- that's what Paul said, and that's what we've got to do. And I'll tell you that in these days, you know, press on, hold fast to the word of life and press on and press past every opposition that the enemy is trying to bring against you. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Another um, in version says, for which he first laid hold of me. Imagine that, that's such a beautiful picture of you, know, of, of you being created in your mother's womb, knitted together by God and God laying hold of you and saying, she's mine. He's mine. I know what I've got, that purpose for them. And he has laid hold of you. For such a time as this, he's laid hold of you. And he has a plan for your life. And you have no clue of it. (laughs) That's the thing. We have no clue. Eye has not seen. We read it there, didn't we, on Thursday night. Eye has not seen, nor ear is heard, nor has entered into the heart of men or any woman. It hasn't even entered into our hearts. The things which God has stored up for us because we love them. And the enemy has done his best to keep you, you know, trapped inside in that net, totally paralyzed and immobilized and, and, uh, you know, defeated. But he's a liar and you are not defeated. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror and you're an ambassador from heaven. And it's time that you started living like that. And God is going to open doors for you, uh, you know, open doors uh, uh, of breakthrough and of, of just a resurgence of your life. You know, from what the enemy has tried to, t- to tie you up with. God has laid hold of you and he's not going to let go of you. He is faithful. And he says, so, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but, I say but again, yes. but. but, I focus on this one thing. One thing, imagine. Imagine. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, so I said at the start they talking about forgetting things, and we forget we do forget things at times, and we forget you know we forget to prioritize the Lord, we forget to prioritize time with him, but the thing is he tells us that we are to forget the past and and um, remember when J- um joseph in Egypt, after all those years of turmoil and all of the things that he went through and all of the wrongs and injustices that were perpetrated against him. And then suddenly he's, he's you know, elevated to the place uh, of second in the kingdom of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh, in charge of everything. And Pharaoh gives him one of his daughters to marry and they have their first child. And Joseph calls his first son Manasseh which means God has caused me to forget. And you see, that's the thing, is that we need to forget those things that are in the past in order to be able to move on. And this is a key. It's a key for you, for your life. It's a key for your family, even generationally. To forget the things of the past and the way that things were or what was done to us or how it was done. It's a key for people that you'll be ministering to. And, you know, many will listen to you. Some won't, some won't, because they prefer staying in the past. But the thing is, anyone who wants to be free needs to leave the past behind and move on with the Lord and start doing things his way. So we focus on one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead I press on and that again, you know, it translates uh, as that runner who's just about to finish that race and who's just straining for the line and, and there's like loads around him and they're all competing the same, you know, they're all competing for the line but that runner who's straining to cross the line first and who gets there is the one who's pressing on and that's what God is, is talking to us is to press on, hold fast, don't let go, know who you are and allow him to, to shine through you but forget those things that are behind and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Will we say that together? Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, help me, help me to, focus to focus on the one thing, on the one thing forgetting, the past, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I will press on. By your, power by your power to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which you are calling me in Christ Jesus. I will hold fast, I will hold fast the word of life and I will not let go. And I will not let go. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, amen.